Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com live. is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
to episode 48 season 10 of the fighting cock podcast today i'm joined alone by ricky what's up and it's joylian joy <laughs> joy joylian 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 i knew that actually Jesus i did i've been, pra- I've, been pra- Julian, I've been practicing i've been practicing yeah, um but apparent, apparently the last when we mentioned this on monday i butchered it i butchered your name total 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 murderation <laughs> what i mean did I, say? I just I think it was like Jocelyn or Jolene. <laughs> it wouldn't have been or, that or, or Joy Joylon. <laughs> Joylon. Like, right, it, it, could Joylon. Joylon. <laughs> it could have been It could have happened. From, uh, from the, the revolution was televised, might be televised, <laughs> might be televised a bit on BBC One, Two, Three, Four, but all together, throw it out the door. But but what you, you I don't know if you listen to the end of the podcast. We've got a quiz at the end. Not not on this week. On on the Monday quiz. Uh, on the Monday episode, mm. we got a quiz uh, and. We had some technical issues, and anyone who knows me knows that I can't deal with technical issues. I've got a guy, a good mate of mine, Charlie, who fixes any problem I have. He wasn't there. I couldn't ring him up. I just panicked and just said, right, no one wins, and then just stopped the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's, it's absolutely fantastic to, to have you in, have you on here, Jolyn, because um, me and Ricky have been mate, fans of yours for a pleasure. long, long time. And I didn't know you were Spurs. I had no idea. You've never alluded nah, to that. No, nor did I. Boys, listen, I was a full, full kit wanker at age seven. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was going into school with shin pads, garters, <laughs> always had to be ready. You can't I'm be a full kit wanker at seven. Mate, it, it carried on, right? right. It carried on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of my one of my um, little kind of... You know, I suppose like wearing your lucky pants is whenever I buy a new piece of Spurs memorabilia, whether it's a badge or a scarf or a shirt, I make everyone in the pub kiss it before because <laughs> the shirt has never known defeat. <laughs> what shirt and is it? People ask, oh, mate, I've got a whole panoply of shirts, mate. My favourite still right now is my Ndombele blue third kit from last season, Champions League badges. Boom. Loved it. It wasn't even last season, was it? The season before now. Did you just say, did you just say the word Penelope? Penelope, yes. What does it mean? Like, it's, it's, I've, a, it's a big word. It's I've, a big I've, word. It's a great word. It's fantastic. I've been alive since uh, 1981. A panoply, many, many things. A whole sort of gamut of Spurs shirts. I think you've got to go back to the original 1991 FA Cup final, classic Lineker missing the penalty, Des Walker on goal shirt for like my fave, fave shirt of all time. And they wake it, like the yellow one is is a thing of beauty, thing of legends. Ricky, we've been oh, doing, sorry. sorry, sorry to cut you, Julian, but uh, we, no, we, no, no. we've been doing a, um, we did a uh, a little series, didn't we? Me and you, Rick, we went to yeah, classic, we did, yeah. classic football shirts in London, in Shoreditch. And uh, we've produced six episodes of both you and I talking about our favourite shirts over the last, what was it, 40 years? Uh, so you can uh, where, where can they where can they find that Ricky because I can't I can't remember. Uh, just go to thefightingcock.co.uk slash videos. There we go. That <laughs> should be there. You go. Over that. It's, yeah, what yeah. Kits were in your top five then? Uh, we had um, we had the '91 uh, FA Cup winners top, the bird shit kit away from home, uh, yeah. and my other kit that I brought up was the 
the one that we had the Champions League running with with the uh, yellow sort of puma is disgusting it's the worst thing i've ever seen but it it, it meant it yes it was yeah it was shit it was really shit like fucking horrible a horrible shit kit but rick what were yours uh i had uh i, d- I don't know the years but the sash i'd never had a spurs oh. kit with a sash on it 2015 but, yeah, yeah with the t- it looked like a, a tire mark going across it yeah um, but I love that because it, it's the, the that Harry Kane goal against Arsenal where he ripped <laughs> off his goggles, and I was just like, just being in that stadium at that time and the noise. Well, it was just we fuck are. We, this me. is North London Derby Week, right? So we are going to be talking about uh, our favourite moments in the North London Derby very, very shortly. Um, also, this is you know typically Fighting Cock podcast on a Friday night is a Q and A. Friday, Friday afternoon sorry, on, on a Q&A. It's a Q&A type of podcast, right? So we've got loads of questions in. One of them is mental. Uh, I've, I have sent it to both of you guys. So you need to think about your answer because it's probably the most important question we've received in the 10 years of doing this podcast. So we really want you to... Yeah, yeah. I really want you to think about, think about that. Um, so, yeah, the, we're going to talk a little bit about the game last night and a little bit about the Arsenal game. But we're going to do that through the medium of questions from the people that listen to this podcast. But before that... Properly, I want to welcome you, Julian, onto uh, the Fighting Cock. You're a Spurs fan. You're a political satirist. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think that's that's how I've made most of my living over the last ten years. And so, a, yeah. a political commentator. Hmm. Yeah. Basically, you love politics. What I don't understand is why you'd like spend so much time talking about wankers or <laughs> having a go at wankers. It yeah, like it's a very good point. A, well such made. A waste of creativity. I had an amazing, um, I had an amazing history teacher. You know, sometimes you just have those teachers that sort of really sort of flip your noodle. Yeah. And um, it's credit incredibly affected by advertising as a kid. Sort of, you know, had to have the next He-Man toy or Thundercat or whatever. And I sort of got a bit older, and I started kind of looking at, particularly Americana, sort of cultural influence of it, why it had been such a huge pervasive part of my childhood, why most kids are desperate to go to Disneyland and to Florida and you know, all these places. And, um, and then I started learning a bit about American foreign policy and just it just blew my mind, you know, just as a, a sort of a, a little tidbit as an example. You know, there's been 51 military interventions since the Second World War that the Americans have sort of partaken in to destabilize governments around the world that were never even called wars. Probably the most famous of those is Vietnam. And it sort of started sort of ticking over and ticking over. And then I did a, I went to Sussex uni and then I went off to, I did a year abroad in New York and I actually landed on the 11th of September, 2002. So a year after 9-11 and man, that was, that was a mood. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced watching a sort of city in grief. So I started becoming more and more interested in this stuff. And there's an amazing political scientist called Noam Chomsky, who um, has some, you know, quite concerning sort of anti-Semitic views as well. It sort of came out later on, but he's also just incredible on US foreign policy. And I started spending a lot of time with this guy and came back to London. I finished uni and a mate of mine called Hayden, who I'd gone to school with, calls me up one day and he's like, oh, I think I'm in trouble. And I'm like, what, what, what have you done? He's like, well, I've gone up to this MP's house and I've dug up his second home's garden in the shape of a pound sign and planted, <laughs> planted flowers to protest the gardening bills he's claimed on expenses. Jesus. I was like, you what? And then the next day, 
it was on the front cover of the sun and on the on on, on radio four and the today program and i was like this is mental and i'd done a little um an acting job with my comedy hero it's called a guy called chris morris do you guys know who chris morris is of course yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bryce, yeah exactly just blew my mind being involved with him you was actually and in um nathan barley weren't you i was yeah yeah i was uh a guy called 15P to 20's PR agent. He was doing a thing called Piss Bliss, where he was taking photos of people pissing. So the one I was doing some work on was Jamie Oliver pissing through the letterbox of number 10. Anyway, this it sort of blew my mind. And Hayden was like, look, why don't you do some characters? And I'd actually gone to drama school after uni and sort of given up acting, thought, it's not for me. I don't, I, I don't really want to be saying just other people's words. And... Um, we started, we, first of all, we came up with this character who initially was called Don Ronson, but it became a character called Dale Maley, which is obviously a plan on the Daily Mail, sort of the living, breathing Daily Mail. And he used to say things like, you know, it'd be like a totally calm, serene protest with loads of vegans and hippies and Corbynistas sort of like running around, waving their pants in the air. And he'd be like, it's total anarchy here. It's chaos. There's loads of lesbians, Corbynistas who hate Princess Diana. So from that moment on, things started catching. And then we managed to get this show, The Revolution Will Be Televised, and we sort of did that for, you know, I think, about three seasons. And then um, did another show called Revolting, which went a bit ham when we put out a sketch. You know, like The Real Housewives of Cheshire? Yeah. So we did The Real Housewives of ISIS, uh, and that, <laughs> that went down. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's never a particularly good look when Katie Hopkins starts sort of pushing your tweet do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but, that is, but, that is, but that is the point of good satire, is it should yeah. cut sort of halfway. You know, you shouldn't necessarily know from the piece like what it is um, that you know the author is saying. It's supposed to sort of create and harness debate. Um, but obviously, the times we're living through right now, it's pretty difficult times to be a satirist. I mean, you know, if I told you the president of the United States when Obama was in was going to start tweeting in caps locks, you know, that he's going to sort of bomb Iran. You might have said that geezer needs to calm down a bit. Get off the, you know, he's, he's had too many of one of our own down in the South Stand. He's gone to Chicken Corner. He's had enough. But no, <laughs> he just kept going. And so it sort of became this, it sort of, you know, it's brought me to some insane places, man. Like, you know, the first time you get pushed up against the wall by the Secret Service in a Republican Party Congress because you're trying to discuss with presidential hopeful Ted Cruz, you know, the size of his bunions. No, you definitely realise that you might be pushing it, but um, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. Well, did you? How, how did you guys see it? Did you just see it on BBC Three? Yeah, you just watched it. So if people don't know, but this is a show called The Revolution will be televised. Um, and I, I just remembered sitting back, and this would have been what seven or eight years ago. Is it about that? Long? The first series came out in I think 2012, and it was 2012, 13, 14, then a break, then 15. Then we did a show called Brexageddon, which was kind of like a one-off. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. Two thousand twelve. I mean, from from my perspective, it was just it was a it, it felt like um there there was a bridge between the Chris Morris stuff you mentioned before, and um and and the next thing, and, and I loved about day, the day to day and brass eye was um just it was it was self deprecating but also scarily accurate about the world we live in, um. But so I just, it just sort of clicked that we watched it, and you start the first thing you get when you watch Revolution will be televised is, oh god, this is like I'm, you're making me feel uncomfortable. Like when you went to the EDL march, 
<laughs> and uh, as a as a D-D, kind of D-D-L. yeah yes as a right right wing news reporter who, who goes they march down the march down the street saying e e e d l you look so pleased with yourself anyway it was look, a great it, moment there was yeah. some fun we had i mean one of the one of the things i remember most from that day was how many people when i got here have you heard the news that muslims want to call william and kate's baby muhammad even if it's a girl <laughs> and you know they they went wild <laughs> But I mean, it's been, what, what, what I think is super important um, and comedy's function is I feel quite strongly that comedy should say something. Uh, we're recording on a day where, sadly, the MASH report has been axed by the BBC. And, you know, there are less and less spaces where the government can be held to account with comedy. And I, I sort of feel like particularly, you know, British people are very cynical. We don't listen or believe shit. But if you make someone laugh, often they open up and they start thinking. And, you know, that's why we made the show, you know. So right, can, I ask, can I ask you, there's like, if, if we, can you relate, you know, your work and, your, you know, working in comedy, comedy and satire and all the things you've done, there, it, it's no coincidence that you actually end up supporting Spurs because we are <laughs> a, a walk, we're probably the most, in terms of what is and isn't a big club or what's a joke and what suddenly we're a joke and we're not a joke and people really don't understand what Tottenham Hotspur are. As a football club, I think satire fits quite perfectly in our in our history. I, 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 I think being a Spurs fan is like a medal of honour to say you can take it in life. Do you know what I mean? You can hack it. You know what I mean? We're 4-0 up. No Spurs fan relaxes. There's no Spurs <laughs> fan at 5-1 up at United who thought, oh, he's just going to bang in a sixth. Do you know what I mean? You were like, there is no way. We're definitely going to get done. But like, I got sucked in, man. Like, I, I, It was the 1990 World Cup for me. My, my parents weren't really into football. So Lineker and Gaza just blew my mind. And my first ever game was like FA Cup, 91. Or it must have been 90, actually, because it was 91 was the final, wasn't it? Oxford at home, 4-2, Mabbert, two from Lineker, one super goal from Gaza. Yeah, yeah. That was just it. And I also couldn't believe I was in a stadium where people are saying, shit, fuck, bollocks, cunt. Like, I was like, totally in shock. Yeah, I'm a middle-class young boy called Jollyan from Archway. <laughs> I didn't hear this uh, this obsequious language being used. But no, I mean, I've, I've gone through, I've been a season ticket holder at Spurs for... I don't even know how long. I guess I've had my own ticket for probably about five, six, four, five, six years. And then before that, I was sort of halving a ticket with my crew. And I just want to give them a bit of a shout out, actually, to the Spurs hub, to my boy Tal, to David, to Mark, to Ash, to Luke. See what you've done, you bastards. You got me on this podcast. Do you know what I mean? Who needs a PR agent when you've got your boys at the Spurs hub? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> also, I want to shout out amazing Chelsea, who manages the Beehive. Which is our definite like pub of choice. The Beehive Boom, Pub, yeah. So Felonius Phil yeah, sure. from the from the pod and Bardi as well. They drink in the Beehive. Oh, wicked! Yeah, it's a great pub. I've had some of my best Spurs moments in there. Like I watched Mora score his hat trick. You know when we got through to the yeah. that the semi. It was the semi, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and also watched you know more recently when we had that mini break from lockdown, went there to watch the uh, us beat the, beat, beat the Gooners. When Son scored that absolute peach, pearl up, bosh. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, Tottenham's, Tottenham's the club for people who love you know, attractive, impossible football and who don't like winning trophies. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so, it, 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 so you say that, that was perfect. Rick, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but in the Champions League final, 
when like when Sissoko handballed the ball in 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 the box, I wasn't like angry. I wasn't like I, I didn't like react badly at all. I was just like, yeah, I get it. I understand. Like I, I know like my, most fans be going, oh my god, our, our opportunity of winning the the very biggest trophy in club football is being snatched from us by a poor referee and decision. I thought, yeah, I get it. No, I understand. Not that that was in within the realms of acceptability in the football game. It's just this is the way we've got it. It's the way we've always got it, and I think that's what, why there's been some sort sort of strange situation with um, a lot of Spurs fans' feelings towards Jose Mourinho because he is the polar opposite of that, isn't he? He's like Ricky. I just, how do you feel about Jose Mourinho right now? Because I have flip flopped on him more times this season. I've wanted him out three times this season. I, I want to give him a new four-year contract right now. How, how do you feel? Uh, Jose, as as the man, um, I've, I've explained it before. I, I really like him, and I liked him before he came to Spurs because he is everything I am not. He is so confident. <laughs> he's confident. He's he has a pickled out. onion head. He has a pickled onion head. You have a normal yeah. head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he is just... He's just so fucking in your face, this aggressive, like whatever you come to him, he's got a stat or something to spin it back on you or to someone else. And I think it was, um, you know, just like, it's just refreshing to have a manager. Like I think it was Arteta was saying, Spurs have now got an advantage in the North London derby because we're playing at home and they're, and they're playing away in Europe. And um, Jose what? was like, well, before before we played them, we were in, I think it was Linsk or something, uh, playing in the ice <laughs> and snow, and they were playing at home. Um, and Never he's just, all, he, yeah, he's he's always got an answer. And I, that, that's that's what I love about him because, the, the, you know, I, I love Poch and the journey that we had with Poch was amazing. And other managers before that, but, the media have been really quick to um, to dig Tottenham out. And a lot of people are kind of, uh, they're professional, they're reserved. They, they you know, they, they, they play the kind of political game and uh, and don't get drawn into it. Josie Mourinho, don't give a fuck, mate. I'm a big... Pro- just like, fuck you. Like, this I'm is my big, team. Jim, um, Ricky, sorry, but I'm a big proponent of switching your mind really quickly in football. Like I, I think it's okay to say no, sack him. Obviously, he's not good enough. And then, you know, a few games later, say no, absolutely, give him a new contract. I, I, I'm sick of people sticking to their guns significantly <laughs> on on Twitter. And it's not just football, Jolly, and you'll know this as well. Is that people won't back down? They won't say, actually, you make a good point. Let's just um, let's let's just find the middle ground here because we can always disagree. We've got polar opposite views, but you make a good point. Like I, I'm, I'm like we don't have to defend our positions all the time. So right now, Jose Mourinho, five yeah. games on the bounce, no problem. I mean, it's a funny one that it's like I'm actually writing a, a drama about this at the minute, and it's called confirmation bias, and it's the idea that you know ultimately that any information you get that detracts from your original opinion you find so disturbing because it will basically take down the house of cards that is your belief system, 100%. and then you kind of have like people who are persuadable and unpersuadable. And I think it's an interesting... Just before we go into that, just quickly on um, on the Champions League fund, did you boys go to that game? No. Yeah. I, I, Ricky, did I stay at home? I, 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 was, I was there as well. And did you get I in? Got, I did. We got in, but only because of 
Fernando Lorente's brother. <laughs> so well, I've got go, a mate. Please right? do, please do boy, go on. My boy's on Spurs Hub. He's a great guy called James. He's a, he works in the music industry. And after that night at the Beehive, we were all shit-faced. And we all booked tickets on EasyJet straight away. And then realized, how are we going to get tickets? Because we don't have enough points. So we started kind of, you know, pulling around and stuff like that. And four days before, we got a call saying, look, night before the game, in Ibiza, in the VIP room in Pasha, I'm going to meet Ferranto Lorente's brother, and he's going to sort us out a pair of tickets. <laughs> I was you like, you are taking the piss. And he did it. He, did it. he came well, through. So, so you... So the night before, you've gone in there. I'm already in Spain, right? I'm already in Madrid. We'd had a lovely little road trip. We'd gone through Seville, beautiful city, got to Madrid. Nice cerveza, cheeky bit of tapas. Do you know what I mean? Nice little of a beer of Coham. And then suddenly we, we realised that this might not happen. And at the last minute, James, who's still in Ibiza with one of his acts, he manages big DJs, suddenly calls and goes, boys, I've come through. Rente's brother sorting it out and good as his word he met him in the fucking VIP room of Pasha the night before got on a plane I'm talking we didn't even see until we outside the ground and Ricky oh. will know there was no shade outside that ground it oh it's like miserable the, was the Maracanã was literally just this little it was like being fucking hot boxed next to the sun do you know what I mean <laughs> and then Sissoko's handball was just the thing of like because the I was in I was literally behind that goal and, and the moment that happened there's a little boy next to me who just burst into tears. And I spent the first 20 minutes just being like, it's going to be all right, mate. It's going to be all right. Knowing in my head full well, there was no way it was going to be all right because it's fucking I, Tottenham. I think that was unkind, if anything. Yeah, it was mean. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but just like a politician, just like, oh, everything's fine. No yeah. problem. You should have just grabbed him by his ear and just twisted it. <laughs> no, no, you thought this is bad. Add this as well. And that's fine. That's on, um, on the Mourinho thing, I totally agree with what... Um, what Ricky's saying I think that the, the thing about Mourinho and I don't think we've really had this before is that a certain circus comes with the manager himself you know what I mean there is a global interest in trolling Mourinho for good clickbait content likewise Mourinho loves putting up stuff like what was that after that European game where he put up that sort of cheeky Instagram post like not I know speak to my players you know uh, you know I, I just put up an Instagram post and you're just like, what, what, who does that? But he has got like the best out of Gareth Bale. He's, it seems like he's got the best out of Deli Alley at the minute. And, you know, I thought the best line, obviously in the Amazon doc, where one of the, the staff said, against my better judgment, I'm falling in love with him. And I sort of think that is, that is how it is because we all know three season Mourinho. We all know that when the meltdown's supposed to take place, but actually, you know, there's a lot of slags in our team at the minute. The defence is an absolute joke, and there's a lot of there's a lot of dead wood that needs to leave the club. And I think you can only do what you know you can only do the job with what you've got. And I sort of think that people can kind of forget that. It's still very much Pochettino's squad. I think that you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll go into this later. But Kane's role changing so much that's absolutely Mourinho. And I think that not enough credit is given where credit's due because. It's not easy managing our club. We've probably got one of the highest turnover rates of managers in the last 15, 20 years. And we've also had very little success. So we we seem to think that, like, whatever, watching the classic days of, you know, 
Berbatov or, or even going back further to the days of like Klinsman, you know, amazing, electrifying football, but we won fuck all. And, you know, I'm sick of North London just being like, no, it's like you go to the pub and then they just start digging, don't they? Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and they've got a point, you know what I mean? You can't really argue with it. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we go to go into Sunday, get the win second time in what, 20 years away from home, probably. It is a massive game and I'm confident going into it. Um, let's just rattle through some of these questions. We've got about 20 here we need go to get through. It. So we don't need to go Christ. into detail. <laughs> Ricky's like, I've got to get back to work. Um, uh, Rick. Yeah, mate. Just, we'll just we'll get through enough, and then and then at you know around four o'clock we'll get off. That That's right. right. Is that it's fair? Friday. It's fine, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you want. You're a, you're your own boss. Uh, <laughs> Jill Reynolds. He, she says, "Do you like me unfollow instantly any player on social media who leaves the club or has asked for a transfer or has agreed a transfer?" <laughs> In recent years, Jermaine Defoe and Jan Vertonghen. I don't follow. I don't follow our players oh. or the club on social media. I don't. I don't. I don't do it. Like Rick, what? What do you? Do you get? Yeah, yeah, from- yeah. I, I do, um, and I do unfollow them as soon as they've left the as soon as they've left the door. Um, but there was uh, so I, I still uh, follow Defoe, um, and when Jan left, I unfollowed him, and then a couple of days later, I saw a post, and I was like. No, I'm going to follow him back. Actually, I feel I feel sad. I felt bad that like I cheated on him or something like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, other people now don't follow him. I don't care. I follow Super Yan though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. that Dortmund game at Wembley when he scored that absolute absolute perler, just that volley of the gods. One of my biggest sadnesses, genuinely as a Tottenham fan, about coronavirus is that we didn't get to say goodbye to Yan. Because Jan was an unbelievable servant of the club. Like I think for years yeah. we just took so for granted just how solid that defence was. And in a way, this year I think it's just exposed it. Like Davison Sanchez ain't shit. He ain't shit. You know, he's clumsy, he got fucking lucky with that handball the other day. Not having him. Ganganga, I think, has got a real future at the club, you know. Doherty can do one. Aurier, you know what? As soon as Aurier starts playing well, I start shitting it. Because you know on Sunday he'll fucking piss himself or you know, <laughs> shit on the referee or something, give away a penalty. And it's like, you know, we've got too many digi players in the back, man. But, like, in terms of following them, I follow Mourinho. Harry Kane, listen, I love Harry Kane. But, I mean, that is, like, the most boring social media you will ever see in your entire life. And it's like, you know, it's, you know bless him. Bless Let's him. Let's go! Come bless on, him. guys! <laughs> But um, <laughs> did you know, I found out the other day, did you know Gareth Bale is the 10th most followed footballer in the entire world? And he, honestly, genuinely, one of the most dullest, you know, dullest men that you, you could possibly follow. Right? He doesn't say anything ever. So many more followers than the club itself. It's actually mad. So, give him another contract, then. Give him another yeah. contract. Do you, do you give him another contract? Yeah, right now, of course. Yeah, he's, he, he's, his performances have single-handedly transformed the way we play football. Since he started coming and thought, thinking, actually, there is a problem here. We're not attacking the football at all. We're not attacking the opposition's goal. I'm going to be Gareth Bale. I'm going to do what Gareth Bale does. And I'm going to create a new energy in that team. And that's sort of genuinely what I feel has happened. And that may have happened between Jose Mourinho and Gareth Bale talking to each other and saying, yeah, can you go on and be brilliant? Like, we've, you know, we're paying you £13 million in, 
in wages this year. Can you just do what you're supposed to be doing? He started to do that. And we've started, suddenly started playing attractive football, like genuinely attractive football. Some of the best football I've seen I think, um, in years. Something that, something that you guys said on the pod a couple of episodes ago, which is that, you know, I can't remember exactly who said it, but that thing about when you are absolutely like a peak top form, you know, super athlete, I think we all probably underestimated after what was it three games in his last potential 60 starts or something at Real, just how out of whack he was with the yeah. rest of the squad, like people like Son and Kane. And, you know, now he's really genuinely playing for his life because that, you know, they're not going to want him back at Real. He probably would have thought it was a done deal coming to Spurs that he'd get a second season. I don't think that's the case at all. Now I think he's going to have to perform at the level that he's performing to the end of the season, really to even have a chance to justify the wage bill. That would mean that, you know, we're not looking like, obviously we're not going to get a Jordan Sancho, but there are some seriously amazing players in that position across Germany, you know, and in Italy that could be, you know, really tasty for us. But I have to say, when I, because I tweeted you, didn't I saying like, do you reckon it's, we're back to that bail for Mycon vibes. Yeah. And when he, when he pushed it past that boy, uh, uh, was it Burnley? Was it the Burnley game that yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, holy fuck. He's he back. can still run. He can still fucking run. And then suddenly start pinging outside of the foot. Like that assist against Palace where he just, you know, just pinged He up. nearly did it again last night. Oh, yeah. Outside yeah. Of we'll come on to that, won't we? Because that was fucking... My mate's got a nice song about Bergwijn, actually, which is like, Berg, Bergwijn, he's not very good. And that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, he's that's right. fucking funny. He's not. He's in exactly the same position Bale was in, where it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's not in good touch and he needs that run of games, but he's not going to get that run of games because we've got Bale, Lamella, Deli, Lucas all pushing ahead of him. And, you know, I think you said this on the other podcast as well. Like, you know, Lucas is putting in some fucking performances, boy. Like that, yeah. that, that, you know, he drives from midfield in a way that is terrifying for defenders. And I think it frees the other two, particularly the wide men, to sort of do, you know, to cut inside in a way they couldn't possibly have done before. Anyway, sorry, I've totally hijacked that question, haven't I? That's fine. That's what's but, like working with me. Oh, but it's enough. It's <laughs> enough because uh, I've, I've, I've now got like a worm ear in it. Like, that, that's entrenched in my brain. Berg, 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 Yes. He's not very good. <laughs> but maybe he will be. Let's hope so, man. <laughs> Let's just give him time. <laughs> <laughs> was it that City game where he scored that volley? I thought yeah. we fucking that was his first game, first game for the club. Anyway, oh. let's move on. We've got a lot to go through. Uh, is Jose? If Jose wins a European Cup, um, is he the best manager in the last thirty years? I.e., since Birkinshaw, I guess Ricky. If he wins the Europa League this year, can he be considered among the very best managers we've had, or the best managers we've had since uh, in thirty years? Uh, yeah, yeah. If 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 so, can if you blame him for putting Kane up front? <laughs> you can't. No, have, can I, you? no. I mean, if we if we win uh, a European trophy, I mean, fucking hell, man, that is just. I've waited a long, long time, and for us to kind of uh, for us to even to dare to dream to be competing in the league, uh, to to win the league and getting so close, then equally, uh, you know, as a kid. Uh, just watching 
people playing the in the European Cup, and then at, and then Tottenham were in the European Cup. That was mental to me. Um, but then getting uh, us getting to the final, um, absolutely dream world. But getting to uh, the Europa League final, if we do, and then we actually win it, in which I do think we have got a great chance. That's that's amazing. I, 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 the history of our club is built on to UEFA Cup wins. You know what I mean? So it's it, it's no it's no small fish at all. No, not at all. Completely with Ricky on this. You know, like I think this is the problem that we've all been gaslit by our club. Do you know what I mean? They've like groomed us and conditioned us into total lack of success. So it's like, we're like oh my god, they play really fluid football. I love the way they move between the lines. I love the back and forth between the midfield and the attack. It's like, it's bullshit. We've won fuck all. You've got to win shit, right? It's not about fucking drawing every game, is it? Or playing attractive, like just dubsing someone or nice, like, oh, that's nice that Lamella nutmegged someone. Who gives a shit? Like, I want to win some stuff. And the thing is, like, is it is this thing about winning mentality. Like, it really is. And I think the expectation at Tottenham has always been that we would win by playing the sort of football that we've been playing. Guess what? We're fucking not going to. Do you know what well, I mean? Like, imagine the, the irony. Sorry to cut you, mate, but imagine the irony now that if we we do win the League Cup and we win the Europa League, suddenly having had a season that's been so pragmatic and largely yeah. effect, effective, but then Jose Mourinho turns it on his head because he's got the tool that Gareth Bale presents himself to be, and then goes and wins something. Like, it'd be hard for people that have been really critical of Jose Mourinho before, and now we're playing really... Like, this is this is as, as attractive football that I've seen us play probably since 2016. I don't think that's a mad statement. Oh, for real. And I think on our day, we can, you know, it's because of the versatility of Kane's passing, isn't it? Like, the way he's able now to pick people out on a sixpence from, you know, from basically the halfway line. Like, it's just phenomenal. But, you know... With this UEFA Cup thing, man, like I've heard you on this podcast, you guys chat about the breeze, like oh, we're standard, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna walk it. But last night's game really made me think, fuck, actually, you know what? There's some decent teams in this competition. I've got this really bad feeling. If we get through this leg, we're gonna fucking draw the Gooners. Oh, I've got no. this. I've got this absolute. I can feel it. It's gonna be because I went to the City game away. We've all right? thought that though as well, right? And yeah. That is coming. You know, it's a two-legged North London fucking jackknife where you can't speak to your mates for about three weeks afterwards because it hurts that bad. And like, you know, we need some David Bentley energy on, on Sunday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I want to see some FIFA goals. Like, I don't know. I, I just think Wafer Cup, obviously now the second, you know, clearly second tier European competition. But for us to have got to the Champions League final and realised quite how monumental that achievement was even getting to the semis in the final for me i'll be like that's decent but yeah he is supposed to bring um trophies and that's what made that first home game against everton that absolute fucking nightmare against brighton and all those games where it's like just fucking take winks and sissoko off and put on a midfielder can actually pass not side to side you know that's what that's why he's there, and his game management in those big games is going to be crucial. But we'll come and talk about it tomorrow. I mean, last night, won't we? Well, uh, probably not actually. Cause we've got about fifteen minutes before we've got to wrap up. But <laughs> there's so much more to get. <laughs> if you if you want to come back on, you're more than welcome whenever. Because this is, this is fantastic. Fun. But we've got a couple more questions we need to get through. Dave Bauman, he says, 
what would you take? A last-minute shitazzery with highly controversial last-minute VAR winner in the North London derby or comprehensive three or four win victory without the stress of con- or concern? Ricky, you first. Oh, fuck yeah. They're both as delightful as each other, really. Not really. Uh, I, th- really. I, th- I think, I think I'm going to go with uh, giving them an absolute pan in That's in so much gap. better. So much better than VAR. So much better. Imagine going to the Emirates this weekend and panning them three or four nil. There's literally nothing they could say to us for... At least two years, even if they. David they, Louise is playing, then I reckon that will happen. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not. He's I, the most I, shit house defender I've ever fucking seen. I don't understand him. I don't understand what his, <laughs> the point of him is at all. Sideshow Bob with his what free is, kick. What is the point of David Louise? You know I mean, it's a good question. Total loser. But no, I reckon we've got to want to batter them. And, and yeah. also, you know, like away from home, like that's where we've got our biggest results. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they've got any fear now of going to away grounds. And, you know, after everything that happened at United, I know that feels like a long time ago, but that was a result. You know what I mean? And oh, I'm yeah, looking yeah. for, I'm looking for a statement. Yeah. And I think, yeah, but I mean, Old Trafford, bro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right, yeah. That's that was a different level, yeah. It's like the biggest defeat they've had since the 60s or something in there. I, I just think, I think that, um, I think it's going to be a really fucking tight game is what I think. So I think we're more likely to get the VAR decision. Um, I think a lot's going to depend on how's Gareth feeling. Do you know what I mean? Let's hope so. And Harry's fucking knee. Yeah, but he he he. It was just he, he took the ice off when he was on the bench, and then he walked on to the pitch afterwards. I don't, I just think it's just like put some ice on that just in case. It wasn't like a. An we know fight. that we were all having a little crank at the time. Do you know mate, what I mean? Terrified, crying into our. Do you know how many times? Like we've talked about this before. We tweeted about this. Is that when he gets clipped? He always fucking goes down and holds his ankles, yeah. and you're as fans, you're like, please no, like he, it, like he must know, he must know. I've done my ankles three, four times. I've been out for months, and it's ruined our season. He must know that. So why are you holding your ankle every single time you go down? When ninety percent of the time you're down holding your ankle, there's nothing wrong with it. Are you why saying you prefer him to be holding you? Is that what you're saying? You I'm calling Harry. I'm calling Harry Kane right now. An arsehole. Oh, he's an arsehole. Whoa, whoa. Well, this I'm just telling you because because sometimes you got to do you got to understand your actions and the consequences of them. I know he scores goals and it makes us all feel happy. I get it, right? And that's his job. It's his job. But also, he's got to know that there are there are consequences to him falling over and holding his ankles, knowing that he's giving <laughs> potential heart attacks. To my granddad, my dad. My dad's got a dicky heart. My <laughs> Harry Kane could potentially kill my dad by jump, like rolling over and holding his ankles. That's what he doesn't it's think It's all getting about. a bit tasty, wasn't it, at that point last night? They'd just gone in on Dombele. They tried to fucking batter Gareth as well. Like they were really, I reckon they were really up for hurting him. And then their own captain went off totally stretched. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, I agree with you. Harry Kane's ankle gives me heart palpitations as well. And we're all agreed that he, he's an, uh, Harry Kane is an arsehole as well, right? He's the, he's, the, he's the golden Roy of the Rovers genius on whom's, you know, on whom's holy mountain I will happily always sacrifice myself. Like He is a, he is a genius footballer. I heard someone on the pod a couple of weeks ago saying, we've ta- we're taking him for granted. We're taking him, because we're all bashing on about Bale. Harry Kane is a wonder player. And we, it, you know what's going to happen is we'll eventually sell him for like 196 million to Real or something like that. We'll get in Haaland and we'll be like, this guy's shithouse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he is a wonder player. Like, and this is the best I've ever seen him play this season. But yeah. he's a wanker, right? 
<laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right, I'll give up. All right, fair enough. <laughs> okay, uh, Ricky, what do you think? We've got two more questions we've got to finish then. Uh, should we prioritise the league or the Europa League? This comes from THFC Thomas. Europa League, easy. I think... Uh, I think we've, uh, I don't know, actually, I said easy, but then I just suddenly thought, and I was just like, well, how far off we are fourth? But I just think... We're we're not game in hand, we're two points off. Oh, man. No, I want Europa Europa League. League. We can challenge the Champions League next year. It's got to be Europa League. It has to be. Yeah. Let's not get that trophy. It's a weird idea, isn't it? Like, focus on the Europa League. Because what does that mean? Like, you know, you're going to have a game coming up, for instance, against Leicester. And what, you're going to play Vinicius and not Harry? Like, that's mad. Like, I think that at the minute, the league is so unpredictable. It's sort of like, you just don't know who's... I heard someone else say recently, you know, it's like four or five games and then you're off on a run. And that's exactly exactly it, isn't it? Like, you just have got no fucking clue where we're going to end up at the minute. So I think it would be pretty dangerous because then we'll, we'll draw Man U. Or we'll draw Arsenal and it's suddenly like, wow, that's not going to be uh, an easy thing to do. Well, I do fancy us against Man U. I'm just that's t- terrified of this two-legged Arsenal game. I so say that, play that's... the same starting eleven all the time in every single game forever. until they die. Yeah, forever. <laughs> that's it, yeah. When you yeah. play them on FIFA and then it's like you start with like half a bar and you're like, oh, what was I doing? But listen, I, I, we, we, had, um, we had this conversation and we've got Patreon as well. So if you we, we do preview podcasts. We also do an, uh, as instant match reaction as we can do if you want to support us. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N uh, dot com. Was such the fighting cock? I think. Um, yeah, we do this. We had we was talking about this earlier. Released released one one earlier, and we this is this the fittest team in the Premier League right now? Not not in who could the best run. Looking. They're fucking yeah. hot. Yeah, I mean, what? Just how fit they are? I mean, I, I wasn't thinking. That. I was thinking about team. All right, the best looking team. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best looking team. I don't know. There's a couple. Gorgeous. Of there. Look at them. They're beautiful. Harry, yeah, all right, all right. We are the best-looking team, but are we also, in terms of our ability to field the strongest squad, the the fittest team in in the Premier League? Because we have one injury in Lacelso, who's in training. That is obscene to think about. That. Uh, 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 what? Where are we? Uh, March. This is a crammed football season. March twelfth, crammed football season, and we have no injuries. That's unheard of. It really is unheard of. So I'm, what I'm suggesting is maybe Ricky, we can do that. Maybe we've got. So it said yesterday, including that game, eighteen potentially eighteen games left. Make him play eighteen. Yeah, games. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you know how much? Uh, yeah, make them. Do you know how much we paying tickets? Do you know what Jordan, I mean? how, how much is your season ticket? It must be eighteen hundred quid, maybe less. I don't know. Somewhere between a thousand no, and two thousand pounds. Like, I, I sit in the south stand, two five nine block, up okay. to the two five nine block, and the flying kid who always sits in front of me. <laughs> who I ended up getting on my shoulders after Aguero missed that penalty in the south stand actually woke up. But, oh my god, we are a wall of noise. It wasn't just the fucking hype. Is his name is his name the flying kid? Call him the flying kid. We sometimes we sometimes have another name for him because he's like he's this he's he's, a, he's like twelve years old, but he, he, he he's so so mature. He's so much more mature than us. So sometimes we call him the twelve year old, forty year old man. But he's like he's like a flying kid, and he's got he sits straight in front of us. You know this, like you go to the ground, you have your little friendships. He's become our like he he's always on the predictions, always seems to get it right. 
big up the flying boy is all I'm saying. <laughs> so it's not like he physically he physically fr- flies. Oh, no, he literally he's got wings. He's he flies around. The, have you not seen him? Have you no, not seen I him? I, I, I'll keep an eye out next time. I, I thought it was a pigeon. I, I didn't. <laughs> a pigeon. <laughs> I didn't uh, but yeah, no, no, no. It's um, we we've been doing all right. I think he's learned a lot from last season. I think you know we all remember that you know away game against Leipzig where we were playing like. I don't know, like Bergwin and, and Mora up front. Like it was, it was totally awful. And I think he must have learned that, you know, I think the way he's rotating the squad at the moment is quite good because people like Lamella, who I wouldn't really want to start, to be honest, like are killing it. And and it's because they're getting so much game time. That's the problem with Bergwijn is he's not getting that time. He doesn't look like he's got the touch in. And I think we can rotate at the front. It's the back that's the problem. I think rotating the front four doesn't bring the problems to the team that changing centre-backs every every few games does. And I look, I know we've got a song about Eric Dyer and whatever, but fucking Eric Dyer is gash. Like, you know, honestly, like at the minute, Toby and Sanchez is about as good as it gets. And, you know, it's they've got to consistently play to really have that partnership because the amount of times I feel like, you know, when Sanchez does that thing, when the ball's coming back, we'll give that look. He'll give that look and he'll give that look. And I'm like, the player's watching you, Davison. He knows what you're going to do. You're not clever enough to be a fucking fake pass, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Do you think he's pony as well? Or is it just me? No, I don't, I don't think he's pony. I think, um, I think, he's, I think he's, he's been better this season than, than his abilities. Would, you know, throughout the season, if you played him week in, week out, throughout the coming seasons, rather, you'd probably end up being below the par of what we need. At the club, but he's he's centre back. We, you know, that we need we need him to. He's been asked to do something. His physical abilities aren't there. He's not, you know, he's not as good as other centre backs. You'd hopefully want to buy. Like in my head, I I I'd want to attract someone like Van Dyke. But yeah, and if you compare the two, <laughs> Uber Meccano. Yeah, Uber Meccano is the one. Right, I mean, he'd but, be the guy to get. All yeah, yeah, but, but that's that in terms of Spurs, like that, that's our aspirations. But what we've got is Eric Dyer right now, and we've got a, you know, he's he's, he's trying his best. Anyway. Is what do you think about Eric Dyer, Ricky? Um, I think there there was a while back where um I can't remember how long ago it was now, probably ages ago, where he was uh key to our defence, and we were like, shit, Eric's got to play, but. It's really weird because he he in an interview he was saying he isn't a confidence player. Um, it, it doesn't bother him and he doesn't get affected by it, which I I, I think he does. Um, I think his positional play, um, he I just don't think he as a centre back he he reads the game well and um, he's caught out. He makes clumsy uh, clumsy challenges um, and he get he gets caught out. His strength, head in, everything, he's got some good points and I'm not going to kind of uh, tear him down. But again, for like Sanchez and Dyer, they are both, um, they're good players, but they're not the players that are going to get us to that level where we want to be. I think they're squad, squad players. They're, they're not people to build partnerships with and to be start, uh, to be in the starting 11 each week. It sounds like to collectively, all together, we're agreeing we've got, first 11 full of wankers <laughs> I love us going forward I think at the back like you know that's what we hope Mourinho would bring a solidity and it's very difficult like I keep saying like Vertonghen is he was a, he was just absolutely one of the most brilliant players you'll ever see in your life and I think like he was just so consistent it's difficult 
for anyone after that. And we haven't spent the money, have we, on on that yet? And you'd think, oh, there's no way Levy doesn't clock that. Like, it's too important. Yeah, I definitely. I think come come the summer, I think that is going to be our um kind of a uh, our marquee signing centre back. I think we we'll just we'll spank loads of money on someone be. who we need. Yeah, it's got to be. Perhaps absolutely has to be. But also, we also have to just leave it here. But I want to say thank you to Jolly and Aiden, and 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 hope you enjoyed your first appearance. But hopefully, it's one of many. If you're up for coming back on, it was a lot of fun. I reckon we'll. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, come on, you Spurs. Do you know what I mean? And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll have a decent result. I'm definitely. I'm predicting two 0 I reckon. Um, yeah. And I'd, yeah, I'd love to come back on. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, but if, if people want to find your YouTube channel, you're still doing a lot of political stuff. Um, yeah, you can find um, the YouTube channel's called Not The News, um, but it's probably easier to find me on Twitter or Instagram where I'm Jollyan Rubes, or as I've been informed by people who aren't dyslexic, Jollyan Rubs. Right? <laughs> Fucking hell. Which is J-O-L-Y-O-N-R-U-B-S. I mean, so that's where you I mean it's, not, it's not about dyslexia. When you're looking at it, it says Rubs, doesn't it? It says Rubs. This is dyslexic boy here can't even spell fucking cat. All right, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it's been lovely having you, mate. Thank you so much for for, for giving your time. Um, and yeah, fundamentally, pleasure. We're going into a North London derby. I don't even like calling it that, to be honest. I don't like calling it a North London derby. It's like they're, they're not a North London club, so it's not a North London derby. It's a it's a rivalry, <laughs> isn't it? It's a rivalry. If anything, it's a playing South London. Yeah, their their derby is say, will it? Crystal you know I mean? Palace. Yeah, but we, we, this yeah. is the game where we play Arsenal. That's how Sky Sports should market it. This is the game where Tottenham play Arsenal. All right, <laughs> cheers, boys. Ricky, thank you so much, mate. And uh, speak no to you both soon. Thank you, boys. Take it easy. In a bit. Network. Sports Social Podcast 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 Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 